0: As I slipped into bed, I did what I did every single night. I whispered a prayer by name for each of my now grown children. It was a simple routine. Except this time when I said, Bethany, it was like I was suddenly transported high above the earth and then my vision zeroed in on my daughter where I saw a tiny human looking like a peanut forming within her. I had to shake myself back to reality. That was weird. I began again, determined to finish my prayer and say all the names. Again, when I said, Bethany, I was taken above the earth, but I had superpower of vision where I could zero in on Bethany and again saw a peanut-shaped baby growing inside her womb. Once more, I shook myself back to reality. I didn't know Bethany was even trying to have children with her husband, Matt, but surely she was pregnant. I was excited to talk to her the next morning and let her know a baby was on the way. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Storming the Gates, a podcast about and for the power of prayer. A couple of weeks ago, I said I was going to share more on the post-election fallout and I was so wrapped up in the discoveries, I found studying Esther 8, I didn't get back to some of those thoughts. But instead, I'm going to focus today's episode, and it will be part one, and there'll be a part two tomorrow, on what God is doing now, now that all the dust is settled. And by dust, I mean all that's been kicked up because there's so many prophetic words that Donald Trump would be president. In fact, I feel like I need to get this out fast before that dust gets stirred up again. My son made a joke once. He said, what do you call a group that tries to tell the future but gets it wrong all the time? The answer, a non-profit organization. (laughs) Well, hence my title, because as much as I endeavor to seek the Lord and hear from him, there are definitely those times I get it wrong. So I am not ever going to claim to stand in the office of a prophet. And yet I can also relate in a small way to those who proclaimed on public platforms what I am sure they fully believed, and many still believe, was the word of the Lord when they declared Donald Trump would win the election and serve another four years. Well, I want you to know that I was one of those people who spent this past year following the news with a raw intensity. This was not just another election. I knew that this was a battle for the soul and survival of our nation. Since the early 90s, I had been engaged in praying for a nation and for revival to come to America. Whenever our church fasted and prayed, there was one main request I made to God over and over send revival to America. I wondered how long America could survive the continued moral tailspin we were in. We need God to deliver. And the only true deliverance would come not just because of mercy upon mercy, as God was already graciously providing, but an inward change of heart. America, needs to return to him with repentance, weeping, and renewal. So through the years, despite seeing a number of promising conservatives voted into office, America continued to reject righteousness and continued galloping headlong towards its own destruction. While I was working long midnight shifts in 2013, my online searches for prayer and teachers of prayer led me to discover a long-haired man named Kim Clement. With his flowing locks, leather cape, colorful scarves, he truly resembled the prophet he declared himself to be. He was a far cry from my previous church affiliation. Who would be so bold as to make a claim that they were a prophet? I knew my previous church leaders would reject him out of hand, but I no longer belonged to that church. So I allowed myself to get to know this gentle tiger of a man. And instead of the usual gloom and doom to America messages I'd begun to hear, Kim Clement spoke words of affirmation and of a bright future for America. I was captivated by his music, his spirit, and his heart towards the world. And I remember some of his songs like, You're Somewhere... In the future, and you look much better than you look right now. You're somewhere in the future, and you look much better than you look right now. (laughs) Did you know President Obama even quoted that song once? Well, Kim Clement especially loved Israel and passionately declared with his bold South African accent, Israel is forever. He took trips there to pray and intercede, and he called it boots on the ground. And while in Israel, he always assisted orphans and widows gave thousands of dollars towards various ministries and causes. And he made me understand the power of giving, that it was not to get, but to show my confidence in God by offering a sacrifice from my heart. In those days, I gave much to Kim's ministry and others as well, and I saw miraculous provisions. Kim once prophesied that gas prices, which were then hovering above the $5 a gallon range, would soon be below $3. Well, that seemed utterly impossible. If that happens, I told myself, I will believe he is a true prophet. Six months later, gas prices plunged below $3. As I worked those midnight shifts, folding laundry, and cooking meals, I listened to King Clement. Here was a man, a true prophet if there could be such a thing, speaking positively about the future of America. He even seemed to imply that one day Donald Trump would be president. At least he used the word Donald and talked about a man in New York. Well, how rash, I thought, to say the actual name of a person he anticipated being president someday. Well, Kim Clement sadly passed away just after Donald Trump became president in 2016. I hope, despite his physical state, that he saw and understood that amazing fulfillment to his prophecies. But now it seems the whole world knows of Kim Clement and his amazing prophecies. You can find them all over YouTube, and they're viewed with amazement by millions of people. But you see... Having been a regular viewer during those years, I know something that many do not know. And that is that not all he prophesied came to pass or came to pass as quickly or in the exact way he said. For instance, he said that Obama would become a Christian and support a Christian agenda in his second term in office. I have to say now that that's a hard no. (laughs) He said the current Pope would cause a youth revival. And so far, the only revival we are experiencing with the current Pope is a revival of false teaching. And yet, there are those amazing Donald Trump prophecies that give us pause. And Kim Clement was authentic. He was genuine in his love of Israel. And he personally adopted rejected and needy Chinese children with conditions that required extensive and expensive medical care. And I believe, having watched him, that he took prayer and relationship with God seriously. He spent hours in his garden, allowing the cameras in occasionally for the warriors to pray with him. And it was because of Kim Clement, I began to expand my spiritual horizon and take some of the other YouTube ministers and prophetic voices more seriously. I began watching Sid Roth, and I was fascinated with his guests, who had amazing encounters with the living God. My original plan with this podcast was simply to share some of the great prophetic voices I discovered in my YouTube and podcasting journeys. I wanted to share, even back then when I first began, how to listen, as Luke tells us in chapter 8, verse 18, where it says, be careful how you listen. But instead, that sort of shifted me towards the storytelling I love to do with this podcast. All right. So where am I going with this? I want us to look at prophecy and the office of the prophet as it relates to this past election cycle. Some people are angry that the prophets deceived them, leading them to believe Donald Trump would be reelected. And some have used it to wag a social media finger at all those who believe the prophets. Some have demanded apologies and repentance with an, see, I told you so attitude. And there are some holding fast to the words of those prophetic voices who said Donald Trump would win, and they say, well, he did win, but it was stolen. Or saying, hey, I'm still hanging on and believing because it's not over. Well, responses from those who prophesied the Trump victory vary. Some of them still believe it's going to happen. Some of them have repented and apologized, and others are silently waiting. I even know some people who, since the inauguration, have prophesied Donald Trump would win, even after it seems clearly it's over. Well, we don't stone prophets now because we all know in part and see in part. As a matter of fact, Kim Clement himself used that verse to explain his own prophecies, and he admitted he got it wrong at times. So what can we glean from all that has transpired and continues to transpire concerning national prophetic words? I want to share now a portion of my own experiences with prophecy, as I believe it is a sampling of how we experience and respond to prophecy in these days. And I do have what I would call a word that I want to pass on at the end of this episode. So first of all, let me share an example from my own life. And it does include (laughs) Kim Clement. And I had not yet heard of him on that day when I saw the little peanut of a baby growing within Bethany. So I called her up the next day and I asked, so Bethany, are you and Matt trying to have children? Because last I had heard. She didn't plan to in the near future, and I was trying to step gingerly on a personal area. Well, she admitted, we have been trying now for six months, and then she went on to tell me how she'd begun to feel nervous about her ability to bear children. Oh, so that's why God gave me the vision, I was thinking excitedly. So I then told her what I had experienced while praying for her the night before. I think you must be pregnant now, I announced. It turned out she was not. And she continued to not be pregnant for another year and another. And meanwhile, Matt ended up with cancer and lost a job through what seemed to be a very harsh betrayal. Despite the pain they endured those difficult years, I kept thinking, surely God showed me Bethany was pregnant for a reason and I was proud of Bethany for allowing the pain to draw her deeper to Lord. And though I wondered why the odd vision had tarried, I still thought it was meant to reassure her that God had his own timing and a baby would come. I felt like God was saying she is pregnant in the sense that he had declared that it would be so. Well, then I began listening to Kim Clement. And one time, Kim asked people to send pictures of loved ones they were praying for so that the warriors, which he called his viewers, could agree in prayer. I immediately sent a picture of my daughter, Bethany, and son-in-law, Matt, in an email, which is dated May 25, 2013, and I wrote, This week, my son-in-law, Matt, was diagnosed with cancer, and the doctor was so concerned they opted to have surgery before their new insurance kicks in in one week, Please pray for this dear, dear couple. They're solid lovers of God. My daughter has a heart for missions, and all she ever wanted most was to be a mommy. She has been unable to have children, and they have faced many hardships. The surgery is scheduled for today, and I ask you to simply pray in the midst of what is surely a busy day for my children. I love you all. Thanks for serving our God so well. Joni Scott. I also read my follow-up email, which explains what happens next. I was, this is what I wrote to uh, the House of Destiny ministry, which is Kim Clement's ministry. I was so shocked to be listening to the broadcast last night, and suddenly I was hearing my name and seeing a picture of my daughter and son-in-law. I was so shocked. It was quite unexpected, but I was very, very blessed to know that at that moment, so many warriors were praying for them. I went away like Hannah, feeling that the prophet had spoken and God's word would be fulfilled. Well, you know what? Less than a year later, I also sent a praise report to Kim Clement's ministry, and I let them know that my son-in-law, Matt, had a clean bill of health, their finances had turned around completely, and a new baby was finally on the way. The vision came to pass. In fact, my daughter, Bethany, now has three children. So when Bethany was pregnant with baby number two, she asked me to pray for the child's name. Her and Matt could not agree on the name, and she had one in mind, and she decided to see if God would confirm it by telling me the name she was considering. Um, So sure, I'm thinking God once showed me a baby in an empty womb, but I also knew I was famous for getting it wrong. I was... I was certain my very first born child was a boy and picked out a name, convinced everybody of that, except for he turned out to be a she, um, who, by the way, I love and no male child could ever replace her. Anyway, for years after that experience, I always had the gender wrong of any friend or family who were expecting. And when I thought God was saying something to me, I learned to wait and pray and not just blurt things out. So, yes. I know I do not stand in the office, so to speak, of a prophet, although I have certainly heard from God at times. I have many, many journals that would demonstrate that, but nonetheless, I was taken aback by this request. I felt like I was a non profit myself, and I told her so, but with trepidation, I said I would pray, but don't expect anything. But shortly after talking to Bethany, the name Jedediah came to my mind. Well, was it because a friend had named a baby Jedidiah? So I looked up the name in the Bible. It's only mentioned once in 2 Samuel chapter 12, 24 through 25, where we're told David and Bathsheba named their child Solomon, but the prophet Nathan called him Jedidiah. Well, I felt foolish, but I told Bethany I was ready to have my prophetess, prophetess card revoked, but I had heard the name Jedidiah which was Solomon's name by the prophet. And I read her those verses. Oh, she sighed. And she didn't say much. And it was a while before she confessed. The name they were considering was Solomon. So close, she told me. So odd, I thought. It was only later when I reviewed the scripture that I saw the prophet called the baby Jedediah. And could it be that God pointed to Solomon specifically by having someone who, for a moment, just a moment, mind you, stood as a prophet and called him Jedidiah? Well, I felt a surge of excitement then. I knew God had spoken to me. Well, then baby number three was on the way. Bethany and Matt opted to not know its gender. I didn't pray about the gender or the name. But I did have a dream one night where I saw a dark-haired toddler. I knew in the dream it was Bethany's. I was struggling to remember the name and sort of sputtered, Lilith? No, Bethany spoke from nearby, although I did not actually see her in the dream. It's Lily. I told Bethany about the dream, but stopped short of sharing the name. I never felt I should tell her the name. Instead, I waited. I waited. And number three was a darling and perfect little boy, not named Lily, I might add. So (laughs) this is where I go with prophecy. I believe in it. I have experienced it. I've also been certain of things that were certainly wrong. I am thankful I am not in the office of prophet because people would be taking up stones. I also know in our humanity and frailness, we may pick up signals and clues from the Holy Spirit Combine them with our own emotions and the world around us and misconstrue things. Things get lost in our own translation. So, yeah, I know. What do we do then? Stop trying to listen to God? I think he wants to talk to us. We could just read the Bible and learn about leading a good life. But that takes the relationship aspect out of it. And then I have to say, what about the peanut vision? What about the times God has given a clear and true word? And then what about the boy I never had or the little girl named Lily that never was? Were those my own hopes and desires? Could it be God desired Obama to become a Christian in his second term? Could it be my dream of a Lily as a future baby or one from a miscarriage? Or could it be they're just nothing burgers? To be honest, I don't know the answer to those. But I am going to share with you a specific word that I wrote in my journal. And that is what I feel God is saying to us today, to those who want to stone the prophets, to those who are heartbroken after relying on them, and to those who are still standing in belief. A few days back, I was contemplating these very things, even thinking about the baby names and Kim Clement. And I read Isaiah 47, 13, which says, Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. I mean, wow, that's me. I had grown weary of all the prophetic words and even news stories and all the things that I'd been reading and hearing, and that did not happen. And I just wanted to hide and lick my wounds. It's been a long season of praying, of trusting, of hoping. Now, I have not, I have not given up on America. I want you to know that. But... I didn't need to stop and rest in the Lord. I no longer knew what to believe, and I didn't know what not to believe anymore. And so I began to write my thoughts on that verse. And as I wrote it, it seemed as though God's spirit lay hold of me. And it ceased being just me rambling about my emotions. and became a message, an explanation from his very throne. So I'm going to read you now from that portion of my journal. I've come to realize that through this election cycle, I and many, many Christians relied on the prophets and considered that the word of God. I believe in the prophetic ministry, don't get me wrong, but all of this going on now, the confusion, the anger, the hurt, is because we, God's people, relied on the words of others and did not hear from God ourselves. Had we taken a prophetic word and held it before the Lord He would have confirmed and established the truth of it, or lack thereof, I should add. Okay, I went on. The prophets are no greater than you or I. If you're a believer with the Holy Spirit in you, then it is your great calling to spend time with the Savior and have a relationship with Him. This confusion has unveiled our spiritual laziness and lack. Worse yet, it has revealed our lack of desire And hunger for the presence of God. And now we're angry at the voices we heard, accepted, and embraced. And how do you know they are wrong? Maybe God still has something up his sleeve. Beloved, go to God with your hurt and confusion. And I say this to myself as well. Go to God. All right. I am very curious if you have any thoughts on this podcast. I would love for you to email me at jandc811 at gmail.com. I will put that link below for you. um, And let me know if you have any thoughts on this. Um, Meanwhile, let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, we long to hear your voice, to know your word. We long for intel from the heavens, from your throne. But Lord, we confess that we allow our emotions to get in the way of things we hear and of things we accept without first coming to you to see if they are true. If they are true, Lord, we can stand. And if they're not true, we'll know in advance and not be holding to something that is false. But in all of this, Lord, we need you. We need to know you. We need to hold on to you. And God, I repent for not putting you, your word, your truth first and allowing my mind and heart to get swept away by so many messages, even if they were good, even if they were true. Lord, this has just revealed my own lack, my own lack of hunger, my own lack of time spent with you. So Lord, I ask that you'll just remove from us the desire for all those entertainment voices and, and interested things that, while they may be good, they're not as healthy for us as simply being with you. Change us, heal us, and heal our land. Amen. All right, we'll see you next Tuesday as we see the victory brought to the Jewish nation through Esther and Mordecai. Until then, may the good Lord be with you and direct your every...